Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. Happy New Year to our listeners and to you, Devin. Happy New Year. Obviously, we're thrilled for the new year, as you can hear. <laughs> um, I actually am very excited because I like, I, I would like to close the door in 2023. I would also like to close the door on 2022 and 2021 and um, 2020 uh, and um, actually 2019, 2018 as well. I would just like to close the door to a few years that feel like they have lasted um, forever. I actually wrote about this on my Substack. If anyone wants to read, it's for here comes the plug. The number for the T H E drama D R A M A for the drama dot Substack dot com, which is that I like spent a lot of this year being like, cannot wait for this year to be over. This year sucks just because of like the basic facts of like. My New Year's post this time last year was like, I'm so grateful for 2022 because my I met my boyfriend at so-and-so and then like got dumped. Um, then my cat got sick, then got back together, broke up again, then all the friggin' shit. All the joys of a post-breakup. But at the same time, I've had a realization that like, for me, I feel like, the year designations kind of mean nothing because it's like, okay, yes, this was a really hard year. At the same time, I started EMDR. I had like a total breakthrough this year that I've like never had before. As much as I felt like I've always been like really self-searching, I've always been like trying to better myself. I honestly have never loved myself and made that breakthrough until this year. So this is the year I learned how to really like have self-esteem and care for myself and that's like so priceless that i can't really say like fuck 2023 
Also, I got my cats. Also, like I started going to school again. Like a lot of cool stuff happened this year as much as it sucked. So I'm also like 2024 is probably going to suck sometimes. And it's also probably going to have some cool stuff. So I'm trying to think of it like for myself, like I really want to work out more. I really want to like cook for myself more. And I should do that any damn day of the week. This is a healthy perspective to have. And something I was thinking about before we were recording was like, what am I proud of um, for 2023? Because my sort of habit is to be like, fuck that. Fuck the past. I'm so resentful at everything that's happened to me for the past five years. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, maybe 34. Um, And... I started driving this year, like something I never thought I was going to do again. And I started, like you said, I started exploring an EMDR. Like what, what would it mean for me to truly love myself without condition? Not 30 pounds lighter, not without scars, not like, what would it mean to truly love myself? And, um, that's something I'm definitely not at breakthrough point yet, but that's something that me and my therapist talk about a lot. And I'm proud of facing fears this past year because that can open the door to more fears that I feel like are impossible to face. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. But speaking of the new year, we would like to read our ins and outs. A lot of people have been posting these. Some of them have been sincere. Some of them have been jokes. Mine are sincere. I actually had a really fun time making this list. Um, Wait, it's ins and outs for dating though, right? Yes, for dating. Okay. Not just regular ins and outs. Ins Not and outs just regular for ins and outs, like outs, drinking water, ins, drinking soda. I'm not doing that. I'm definitely just talking about, for the most part, love. 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 L U F F. Okay. I will start with one of mine. Okay. One of your ins. I'll do an in and an out. Sure. Go ahead. So, ins would be. The standouts on Hinge. I just found out about standouts. It is my favorite new dating app, basically. Like, Hinge sucks, whatever. They're all terrible. But standouts on Hinge are basically when they pull, like, probably the most liked guys. Or, like, they pull, like, five hot guys for you to send roses to. And I just love actually seeing hot guys that are, like, like I just like it. It's just so, it's such a relief from seeing fucking no offense to all humans out there, but like bozo after bozo after boat, like, no, 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 just constantly swiping left to actually seeing cute guys is such a relief and so nice that I find myself buying these roses. Like, you know, I'm at the fucking farmer's market and sending them out. And that is my in my out. Wait, can I just say one thing? Yes, of course. It's not just, it's not, I I mean, this is maybe just going to, this isn't to burst your bubble, but it's not just hot guys. It, the, the standouts are the people that are most compatible hinge things for you. Yeah. And I love them. I love okay. each guy they show me. And I, I don't care that I haven't gotten a like back from them. I just like seeing them because they're so much better than the usual lot. Okay. Um, so I recommend everyone check out standouts on hinge. It's basically my new favorite dating app. And that is what I think is in the 2024. What is out is Raya. I'm done. I'm done. What a waste of time and fucking money. $20 a month? Are you fucking kidding me? That's No, insane. I haven't matched with like Pete Davidson. And let's like be honest by why we're all on there. We think we're going to match with some like high profile person 
it is so meaningless. It's like, it's my, it's for our worst instincts, I believe. And there are so many horrible people on there. Like just, they look like AI creations of like fashion and crypto. And I live in Switzerland. I am just so over it. I think it's a horrible dating app. I, um, I tried to delete it, but basically my account expires in like 10 days and I could not wait for it to be gone. Um, be gone. Be gone. Um, and that is one of my ins and my outs. Love it. Um, okay. So my first in is for dates, coffee or ice cream. The reason Love. is, first of all, as someone actually said to me on a first date recently at a coffee shop, like it doesn't really make sense to, I mean, I don't drink anyway, but it doesn't really make sense to like have your first date be doing something where you're losing touch with your best intentions. Like if people are drinking or whatever, even just like being in a bar, it's kind of like an environment of like, I'm trying to like escape it all. It's like you shouldn't be escaping when you're trying to get to know someone. You should be present. And well, I this is speaking for myself. It's like really important for me to be present and in my body and feeling my feelings when I'm meeting someone romantically. So first of all, that second of all, the key thing with coffee and ice cream is to go. Both of these items can be taken to go. I usually now like if it's unless it's like someone that I have a pretty good sense about like I don't even order anything when I first get to the date in case as has happened to me after 10 minutes I have to be like you know what I have to go or like I don't feel well or something like that that means you don't have any responsibility to stay but even if you go to a bar like if you don't order something and the other person gets a drink then you're like oh so now I have to like wait for them to finish their drink no coffee or ice cream cardboard containers if it sucks or if you have to pretend you're sick or if you have to pretend something happened just oh i gotta go and i guess i'll be taking this on the go and then guess what you have ice cream and guess what you have ice cream or, or coffee my favorite thing of all time a mochaccino okay my out my first out is bars as i said i already kind of explained this bar dates are stupid also like i feel like everyone kind of knows when you walk into a bar and like you sort of half hug someone and say like, hi, how are you? Everyone knows what you're doing. Everyone knows you're on a first date. They're all like getting off work. They have nothing better to do than fucking listen and judge the fact that you're on a first date. Don't do that. It's dark. You can't hear. You're screaming over each other. And it it's not viable. Also, like the tabs thing is confusing. It's like who's opening a tab? Whatever. It just... No, just get your coffee, get your ice cream. It's fine. I completely agree. I have had first dates in bars and it just felt kind of pointless. One of my ins, speaking of dating apps and meeting up with people, my ins for 2024, texting immediately to meet up. Let's not waste time texting when we do not or messaging on Hinge, when we do not have anything to say to each other because we simply do not know each other. Let's get this out of the way. We're both going to be completely normal and hopefully not weird via text. And so if we like each other, let's just meet up in person. I don't have time to waste and I'm done with like 
okay, what do you do? What do you do? Let's just meet up in person and see if there's chemistry here. My out would be asking someone how it's going. Mm. I do not want to have conversations where I'm, I'm not going to tell you like, ah, actually work has been crazy and I'm having sort of like an existential crisis about life. Like we're just not going to be honest with each other about Mm -hmm. how it's going. So Mm -hmm. let's again, just meet up, meet in person and, um, you know, see if we have that je ne sais quoi, that feeling when you meet someone and you're immediately either like, ah, no, not this person. Or you're like, wait, this could be really cool. Okay. Interesting because my necks are connected to that. And I will say that my, my next in and out is, is founded on a sort of three day, three to five day rule. For me personally, I've done a couple of just immediately going on a date before like chatting a little bit. And then I'm kind of like, I've had the experience of being like, oh, this person, like I would have saved a lot of time by like realizing that this person isn't actually interested. You know what I mean? Like I've like gotten all the way to the day after work. I'm tired and I'm like, oh, if I had chatted with this person more, I feel like I would have realized they're kind of boring. So I like to chat with someone a little bit three to five days, few messages here and there. But something that became really interesting over the holidays as I was, I was both on the apps and like chatting with people that I have like met off the apps, but haven't actually gone on a date with yet. And this is the thing. Why am I like, I actually witnessed going from like, oh, and like, what are your holiday plans? Okay. We just started chatting. Sure. That's like a fine question. If we're getting to the point where then you're saying, and what are your New Year's plans? Why haven't we made a date yet? I don't need to tell you what my New Year's plans are. Why are we still talking? It's been two. It's a second holiday already now. So let's it's like, I don't want to keep telling you. Oh, and how is it's like, let's my in is acknowledging we are basically strangers. So chatting can only go a certain amount. Like we're not going to be able to really even like once you're saying, Oh, I'm home with my family. Okay. Well, I don't know your family. We don't actually know each other. So that isn't really fun for me to talk about. And acknowledging like the chatting is interesting as a vetting period, but once it goes beyond that, I want to know what we're doing. There needs to be like a deadline. Like I don't really want to be aimlessly telling a stranger out in the world doing God knows what, how my holidays were. So my out is chatting for more than three days slash to the point where it gets to like personal questions about like, I don't know. Like, I feel like over the holidays too, it was like this one guy I was chatting with. It's like, Oh, how was your Christmas? And we both started being like, Oh, it's like stressful, but we're not going to really tell each other why. Cause we don't know each other. And the reason is because of interpersonal familial things that are way too complex. Like, Once it gets to that point, just there needs to be a plan made. And if you don't make a plan, I actually posted like one of the most stunning photos of myself I've ever taken in a bathroom mirror last night. And I felt like I'm putting this post out onto Instagram to show you people that have let this um, amorphous chatting go on for way too long. Now you see you could have been on a date with someone this stunning by now, but because of your own problems, you're not not sad. That is sad. And I I have had an experience too where you are doing really well via chat until you meet in person. 
Yeah. And obviously, like, we all have. But I mean that, like, oh, my God, you're making me laugh. I'm making you laugh. And you're putting so much energy. And it's like, sorry, I have to text this guy back that I met online. He's, like, so great. We're meeting up for coffee. I'm so excited. Yeah. And then you meet in person. It's like, no. And I just wasted, like, 72 hours, like, frantically trying to make do bits with you. Like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. So I do think there's something to, like you said, finding out quickly, three to five days. Normal, 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 not boring, kind of interesting, great, yeah. um, but not putting in too much pressure on the situation and knowing that the real test is skin to skin contact. And that that I mean, either uh, a half hug. Yes. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
my next in and out in making out. And what I say making out, I really think that like making out is like a lost art. And I'll speak for myself, for myself. I love kissing and I feel like I, I don't know if it's a mix of like people pleasing or like just being exciting, like being excited. Like I always was just like, let's get to sex like immediately. Mm-hmm. And like was always frantically getting to like have sex like so soon. Or like I remember telling one guy, like, I'm so glad we waited. And he's like, I've known you for like 48 hours. <laughs> and um, I'm like a virgin. I'm like, so glad we waited till I knew your last name. Um, and I just think that like the things I remember aren't like the first time I've like had sex with someone. They're always like the first time I kissed someone and like how exciting that felt. And I just want to like lean into that excitement and sort of like not put so much pressure on a situation to like have sex immediately. Um, and my out is having sex. I just like think that like I put so much pressure on having sex and I just feel like one of the reasons I'm have always been like, Oh my God, I don't want to like meet someone. I'm not ready is cause like, I always think like, because I, I don't, I don't want to like get naked in front of someone immediately. And it's like, why is that my fear? Why am I already jumping to like getting naked in front of someone? What if I just mm. took sex out of the equation for a little bit and like, was just like, I'm meeting someone to see if we like each other. And then maybe like eventually we'll kiss. Mm. Why does it have to be like, and then quickly we are going to have to have sex. Like I, I don't have to have sex with anyone. Like, I don't know. I just, I, that sounds extreme and I'm not trying to be extreme. I guess I, what I'm saying is that I used to be really extreme and like guys have described me that way. And I just want They're to like, uh, Carolina. <laughs> she's extreme. Truly. Like you ever crazy, seen the, you ever seen the X like, games? You ever seen the X games? That's Carolina Rose Barlow for you. Have you ever seen Sean White at the X games? Yep. That's Carolina doing flippity floops on her snowboard. So I just uh, need a little bit of less pressure on myself. And I'm not saying that sex is illegal now or that, you know, dancing is outlawed in this little town. I'm just trying to say that I want to take the pressure off myself because it makes dating all that more intimidating. Okay. Well, I you're kind of changing my order in a good way because I have one related to that, too. My in is communication and out is spontaneity. Ooh, I love this. That's what I'm going to say. When I was in my early 20s, you know, tell me we're leaving on a trip. This actually happened to me. I mean, I am grateful to have dated some rich men in my early 20s. It's like an experience that I think girls should find if they can. But I did have the experience of like, okay, I booked us a hotel tonight. We're going get in the car, we're going. And it's like, in my early 20s, great. Like, yeah, I'm, I would love that. But now, you know, or just like in my early 20s, showing up to a party, oh my God, like, am I going to make out with this? Like, that was really fun. But at this age, I feel like that's like stressful. <laughs> and um, I don't need that. So like, I went on a few dates with this person and we both like this was a while ago. It didn't actually work out. We were, didn't were better as friends, whatever long story, but we went on a few dates. And after like the third date, we had a conversation where we both were like, I'm really nervous that I like that we should kiss. Like we haven't kissed yet. It's going to have to happen. Like we're both nervous. And we talked about it in a way that was like so fun. And like, 
still flirty and cute, but like safe feeling where we were like, all right, let's decide we're going to kiss tonight. It's going to happen. So like we just are going to do it and it's fine. And that was fun. I don't personally, I do not like kissing in the street. For me, it's uncomfortable when it's a first date. If we're if we're like fully dating, who cares? Then I love like a public thing. I love making out in public at a birthday party or whatever the fuck. But if it's like a first date for some reason, it's like I feel awkward. I feel like people are looking and I don't like that. And I prefer like a makeout to happen in private. So it's like but at the same time, like you said, I don't want to be like taking strangers home to make out my apartment. So I feel like in for me is communicating and like getting to know someone and then feeling safe and talking about like now are we going to have our first kiss? Do we both feel into it? Let's do it as opposed to like let's force this like spontaneous thing that makes us both uncomfortable so in communication out spontaneity i love this and it really speaks to my ptsd because i have been so scared of looking uncool but at the same time i just need to be vulnerable kind of quickly because of like just trauma shit like I have so much baggage in terms of like, I don't really want to drive far. I have covered in scars, which I'm sure our listeners are sick of hearing. I, and my therapist was like, you're just gonna have to be vulnerable faster than other people. But that's like the key to intimacy. So if we're scared of being vulnerable, it's fine. We don't have to tell everyone like our family history when we first meet them. But at the same time, like you said, like we can communicate and be vulnerable because that's what we're looking for is someone to be vulnerable with. And if they mm. can't handle that, then they're the wrong person anyway. And let's be let's be real about it. As a conversation I had with some friends recently, like like sexual tension is awkward. Like, let's be real about that. It's not like in the movies. It's not like, oh, my God, like this. It's not like, um, you know it's hot to watch movies and TV shows where it's like, will they, won't they? But in real life, you're like, oh my God, this is so awkward. Like our feet touched under the table. Like it's like a spark, but it's like scary and awkward and like weird. And you're like, what's going to happen? So let's be real about that and be real for me personally that like I have much better sexual experiences when I get to know someone and can like ask for what I want and be like, yeah, this is actually messy and weird and scary and like fucking acknowledge that like so that it's like yeah if it's interesting like there's I feel like there was so much pressure to like when you're younger and you're like oh my god or as a woman at, at least or in my personal experience it's like oh my god like I don't know if I'm gonna have an orgasm like oh my god what if I don't it's like who cares like just be like yeah I don't think I'm gonna come tonight great like you know what I mean it's just being human and accepting that also like I feel like that takes, like you said, like the pressure away from the other person, too. It's like, hey, let's be honest about how we're actually feeling about our bodies and ourselves. As lame as that sounds, that will lead to, I think, much better, hotter sex. I completely agree. And I think that's something that we are forgetting about is how weird sex is. Sex it's is so, so weird. weird. It's extremely <laughs> so, weird. Like, yes, it's awkward and for someone who's sober for it, it's it's even weirder. It's so strange. And that doesn't mean that it's not like enjoyable and wonderful and sometimes like really beautiful. But sex with a new person is like. It's just really like you said, it's awkward. It's not like there yet. I know married couples who for the first time they had sex described it as awkward. Like, yeah, because you don't know this person's body and you're feeling very self-conscious or at least I'll speak for myself. I am. Yeah. Um, maybe you're like 
Wonder Woman and super confident. Um, but I really believe that being vulnerable and communicating will give you a sign of if the person, like you said, like if the person you're with is capable of doing that too, then that's a really good indicator. If you don't feel safe or you feel like you have to like exhibit some coolness when you're not feeling that way, then like that's to me a symptom of this might not be a safe place for me. Totally. And I don't mean that in like a dangerous way. I mean that in a way of like, this might not be a safe place to park my feelings. If I feel like I have to act cooler than I feel. Yeah. Okay. This is a risky one. And I say risky because I don't know how you're going to react to it. Okay. Okay. In working out together. Out photo booth pictures together. I want to talk about this for a second In working out together. I really like working out with a person. I just think it's fun. Um, I haven't had like a man in the past do it with me because I've always been self-conscious that like I sweat, but at the same time after a workout, I've never felt more beautiful or sexy. So I'm like, why can't I just find someone to do this with? That would be so nice to go on dates where we like, you know, feel like we're bettering ourselves or like building a good habit. I just think like, why not? And I don't like working out alone. I, I find it like exciting and fun to do it with someone. And so like, that's something that I'm definitely looking for in a partner is someone to like be active with photo booth pictures. Why those are an out is because I think they are literally the braggiest thing of all time. I think people posting photo booth pictures with their partner is like a rite of passage now I've done it. I'm so sick of it. I hate it. I, I, I hate seeing it. And yeah, maybe that's a little bit, you know what? And if you're someone who posts that I'm bitter because I want to be with someone. So maybe a lot of this is bitterness, but I'm done. I think they're done. I think we've seen it all. We've seen the laughing. We've seen the goofy faces. We've seen the kissing. Um, uh, no one's being creative. No one's getting buck naked. Like I would. And like, actually like, make something that like is cool and exciting to see it's all the same okay i just have to say you, you're genuinely saying you would get buck naked in a photo booth I picture have. and post it on instagram i have done exactly that when like literally 10 years ago okay I got so like come on <laughs> no not come on I mean, I don't Poor know. Yoni Shrira for Valentine's Day. I got him a framed picture of a photo booth where I'm taking my top off. Oh, and but then, that's different. Like I meant like po you're talking about posting on Instagram. I feel yeah, like. and I did. Oh, and okay. then I um, after I gave it to him, we broke up and I got it back. And my friend was like, you really shouldn't do that. And I was like, it's a naked picture of me. <laughs> Wait, so how did you post it then? I took a picture of it with my iPhone. But uh, of you naked? Oh, no. It, you, you, it was like me clearly taking my shirt off, but it was like above. Okay. So now we're getting to the, now we're oh, getting to the please. truth. <laughs> you could tell I was naked. It was still risque with a Q-U-E. Okay. Well, um, I think that's cute, but I, this is the thing. Like if I saw that, I don't remember seeing that, but like if I saw your photo booth picture, I'd be like, I love that. I love I don't think it's, I think it's a thing of personal preference. Personally, I love photo booth pictures. I think they're really cute. I actually saw someone who, who proposed in a photo booth okay, recently. That's cute. And it's like, I like that. So personally, I like that. Okay, that's cute. I agree with that. That's cute. But I guess it's like what I'm aiming for. 
So it's not. So it's in or it's out. It's out. Okay. Um, and I don't personally like to work out with someone, but that's fine if if you like that. But that actually ties into my in and out of. I think in is self care and recognizing that the bare minimum is the bare minimum. So wow. It's funny. I was just talking to a friend about a first date I went on and I was like, and he like works out every morning. Like he takes care of himself. Meanwhile, I don't do that. So I guess like I am a hypocrite, but I just think self-care, like when a man, especially since it's so rare for men, when a man like not only says like, oh, I like working out. I like working out because it helps me focus. Like for a man to even know what why he likes something, it's like I dated this guy that said he liked that book like Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow or whatever it's called. And I was like, oh, do you like that? And he's like, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I was like, oh, what do you like about it? And he's like, I don't know. Like as if I was like attacking him. He's like, I don't know. I mean, I just like it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that is so funny. And it's like, so- chill out. Yeah, it's like they it's like they don't even think they're not present in their own being and body enough to even say like why I enjoy orange juice. So when a man can say like I like this for this reason, I like taking walks so I can like think about things like that's in for me. But I also have to recognize it as the bare minimum because it's the same thing as like this date I was talking about. I was like, oh, and he like stood up when I walked into the coffee shop and like pulled out my chair. That's the bare minimum. Yet I rarely ever encounter that like the thought to be like oh do you want to sit at the booth or the chair like the bare minimum of thoughtfulness recognizing that is in and also the thoughtfulness and self-care is in and then out casual carelessness if i don't care if you think you look cool i don't care if you skateboard without a helmet like that's not for me that's out i i'm not i'm not careless with myself or my life so it's out for me to be with anyone who's careless enough with themselves or their life that they're like binge drinking, skateboarding without a helmet um, or not sleeping and not caring that they're not sleeping. Like just all that stuff. Just get out. I know. I swiped left on a guy recently who was just was smoking and I was just like, I'm over smoking. I, I can't over. date a smoker. I'm over. like. I don't judge you for smoking. I did it for 10 years. I loved it, but I just am looking for someone who has the same goals as me to like eventually start a family. And like, I'm sorry, but you posting a picture with yourself and a beer and a cigarette doesn't say that to me. Yes. Like that, that is exactly what I'm talking about too. Like, I know I can like picture you say posting a picture with a beer and a cigarette. I can picture so many profiles and it's like, they have like, they're literally wearing like a mullet and like a cowboy hat and like think it's like you've never been on a ranch. You know what I mean? It's like it's one thing for you've the never fucking, been on a ranch. You've never fucking, been on a horse. The horse whisperer or like the like whatever Robert Redford, like whoever, not Robert Redford himself, whoever he was playing. Was that him in the horse whisperer, by the way? I think so. Yes. Whoever correct. he was representing like those people. If you're from Montana, if you've been on a ranch and you're smoking cigarette and a beer with a mullet and a hat great if you live in greenpoint and you work in coding and you have a mullet and a hat and you're smoking and drinking a modello you are not cool to me i don't like that that's out for me that's out so that goes into another in and out not to cut in front of you but to me in is earnestness and love like literally wear a fucking graphic t-shirt from target if that's earnestly what you like and it says pumpkin spice 
and everything nice. If that's earnestly what you love, I love that. I love that. Wear that. And out is... <laughs> I love the idea of going on a date with someone who is wearing that. I would Great. love it. And I would I, love I that. I would probably be like, I'm in love with you because that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. Like, that's amazing. That's actually amazing. Earnestness. And then out is just this fucking cool... And that's why I also say, for me, when earnestness is in, then field, F-E-E-L-D, is out. And I have, I have like represented for field in the beginning i was like this is where you will find men who are open to talking about sexuality no this is where you will find men who think they're cool because they put like words that they don't even mean what they are find a man on field and message him asking what does ggg mean what do you mean you're a dom leaning switch ask them what that means and see if they can actually respond they just think that they sound cool and they don't and they don't and they think like yeah i'm on oh sorry like i'm on field like i'm a little bit more explore they're the same types as like these hippies that drive me crazy in documentaries about the 60s where i'm like you're just a white dude from the suburbs like you don't know anything about peace and love like you just have long hair it's like the same thing like get out you're out out. you're out field is the woodstock of our time and some people are going to listen to that and think like oh so field is cool no woodstock wasn't cool field isn't cool get out it's out i want true romance hacks is back for season three and so is the official hacks podcast in each episode hacks creators lucia and yellow paul w downs and jen statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the emmy-winning comedy series You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. 
how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents she's got all of these maseratis and bentleys all in the driveway is it like a mansion yes it's a mansion that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really would like to add an asterisk and add that men dressing in cosplay as ranchers are out as well yeah they're just out because i really appreciate that i think that's not even niche i think that's something that's widespread in this nation at this point and i do believe it's out yes my in gaining weight for men my out losing weight for men and i'll explain this as someone said recently to me which i loved so much i dare you not to fuck me because i've gained weight I dare you to be such a loser that you think that because I have extra weight on my bones, I am no longer sexual. In fact, this makes me more sexual. I think that I've had so much shame about like weight gain in my like years on this planet. And recently I've just been like, fuck that. Are you kidding me? Like, I believe that if you're I'm sorry, this is my opinion. If you're a real like man who's settled into himself, this does not come into your consciousness at all agree 1000 percent. and as cheryl Strait put it once on her podcast she was like my weight's vacillated like literally 100 like 100 pounds back and forth and she's like my husband could prefer me at a weight but he would never tell me that because it doesn't matter to him so it's like you could prefer me when i'm skinny but if i've gained weight it's going to be a neutral topic for you and that's what i think like I'm aiming for is someone who loves me unconditionally, no matter what fat, skinny, you know, uh, whether I've like put effort into like wearing makeup or if I'm like just myself watching garbage Roni for like five hours straight, having eaten cookies for lunch. I just think that like, I'm looking for unconditional love and I'm fine with gaining weight because that is what I'm looking for. And losing weight for love makes me more insecure. Like if I'm on that track, I will be more insecure. I'll act more insecure. I'll act more like, because how can I be myself if I think that's what you're interested in? Yeah. And I also off that think that attraction should be unconditional, even with or without love. Like, cause for me, I, I read this book I've already talked about on the pod tragedy, the tragedy of heterosexuality by Jane Ward. It's amazing. Everyone should read it. And she talks about like how if she's attracted to someone like she's attracted to their whole thing, like there's not like one thing on their body or presentation that it's like, okay, now now that you did that, like, never mind, I'm not turned on. And so thinking back on like all these men that I've dated that's said things like I don't like literally this guy that I dated said, like, I don't like when you wear your hair like half up like that. I only like when you wear your hair down. Okay, well, then something's wrong with you 
that that small thing makes you not attracted to me or turned off enough that it's like worth mentioning because I'm so hot and stunning as a whole being. How could one small hair clip make a difference for you? Maybe you need to analyze that. Maybe you need to think about that. And I will be attracted to someone whether or not their hair is half up or half. You know what I mean? Like to me, it doesn't work like that because I'm able to see people as a whole human being. My and college boyfriend on our first date told me to grow my hair longer. On our my first date with my college boyfriend, he told me to grow my hair longer. And I'll leave wrong. it at that. Something was wrong. And I'll and say that that took me years to recover from. And that is sounds crazy, but it's like someone presented conditions for what they found attractive and that set up a very toxic dynamic. I'll no. say. Yeah, I know. No, I noticed myself. I noticed myself like pretty recently being like, oh, I can't wear my, oh, I can't put my hair half up. Yes, I can. I like the way it looks. But it's all this like thing of, yeah, like, and that's how we're conditioned too. Like, I remember being in high school thinking that way. It's like, I have to have my hair in my face. That's what looks good. That's what, whatever. And so it's not our fault that we start to think that way about ourselves and that that like damages us. It's, it, and it's not their fault. I just think it's like some of these, I've only experienced it in men. So I'll say some of these men need to like analyze why they're so affected by a hair clip or like a bit extra makeup or it's like something's going on with you that you're only attracted to such a specific thing. Okay. And uh, maybe you should talk to someone about that. Now, let me say in for me is running it by the group chat. So I feel like there's so many feelings and hormones and nervousness and stress and cortisol and whatever and all that stuff involved in a first date. There's so much societal conditioning. It's like, oh, I know what my out is. There's so much societal conditioning that like it kind of can happen in a blur and you come away sometimes either being like, oh my God, that was amazing and not noticing the flaws or, oh my God, that wasn't good and not noticing that there could have been potential. So I have recently started, I've found a group chat with people's opinions that I feel safe and comfortable with. And, or even if you can just Got find it. one. Mm-hmm. one <laughs> okay. No. Well, I haven't heard of said chat, but I um, can imagine that it must be really fun to be a part of. Well, also, even if you just find one person too, it's like, just say, I just had a, and it's like helpful, I think too, if it's with some single people or some people who are married or whatever. But anyway, like say, I said this date was good and my friend asked me what was good about it and that made me stop and think that I did notice things that maybe we were both nervous like it wasn't like perfect everything's perfect now we're getting married it was like this was good about it that helps me realize in the future I should look for this and then also I've had the experience of being like that was bad he said this one weird thing that was bad or like he did this one and it's like well like I think some people do weird stuff on the first date because they're nervous because of all this stuff so it helps to just pause like think about okay what was that and is that really worth another day another two hours of my time or is it not and is should I be jumping ahead to looking for our future shared home on Zillow or not so in polling people asking what they think about this experience out blanket dating advice it doesn't work every situation is different Everyone like this goes back to the first time I lived with a boyfriend. We started dating and like literally six months later moved in or four months, I think, moved in together. I asked someone about it. I was like, I know this sounds insane. I know this is crazy, whatever. And she was like, it's not 
like everyone's situation is different. You live in New York, your leases are weird, whatever. I didn't end up staying with that person, but we dated for three years and we lived really well together. So like you never know what someone's situation is when you say stuff like you just got to put yourself out there more. Think about the person you're talking to. Some people that applies to some people it doesn't. I think there's certain things that work like for everyone, which is I don't know, like. Yeah, like you said, like, it's good for everyone to, like, be vulnerable. But at the same time, when you say these blanket things of, like, well, if you if you want to, like, be married, then you need to start thinking like this. It's, like, not everyone has no. to do that. Yeah. So in is group chatting about dates. Out is blanket solutions for dating. I love that, especially the blanket solutions part. I just feel like I've used people's blanket solutions to beat myself up, beat myself up with. Like I have to go on the apps. I have to be more active on the apps because that's how I'm going to meet someone. What if that's not how I'm going to meet someone? What if that is like something that's been like pushed on me because it's a very like convenient way to meet someone. But what if I can be resistant to them? And listen, I'm taking, I'm partaking in them more because I'm actually finding it more enjoyable with my, again, plug for hinge. But I am going to, like you said, allow myself to have an individual experience and not to use people's advice as the only way to find love. So I appreciate that. Um, My in, this is going to, it's not going to seem related to dating, but it in fact is the only way I'm going to date. My in is EMDR therapy. My out is talk therapy. So we've talked a lot about this on the pod recently. Both Devin and I are in EMDR. What I'll say is that I've gotten so much out of talk therapy my whole life. I've been in therapy on and off since I was 14 years old. I will say I'm ready to go deeper and I'm ready. And therapy has been with EMDR harder because it's not just like, well, you should love yourself. And this is, you know, like the habits of someone loving themselves it's more like, okay, so at what age did you determine you were unlovable? And let's go there. And let's really feel like what that felt like. It's exhausting. I'm usually exhausted by the end of it, but it's actually helping me progress and really see like what I will, it's helping me become more brave. And that is what I'm going to need as I get into my next relationship and really ask for what I'm asking for, which I've never felt like I could. Like, it's truly brave to be like, I need a man who loves me no matter what. And I'm going to go out into the world and see if I can find that. That Mm -hmm. is a brave thing to do. The easier thing to do is like, I'm going to meet someone who can stand me and who I can stand. Mm -hmm. Like I and and who maybe will like consider me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's brave to go for true love. And it's the most optimistic thing you can do. And I can only do that if I'm healing parts of myself that believe that that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I can only do that through EMDR therapy. I can't afford to do it weekly as I've been doing. So I've been trying to do it biweekly. But for anyone who feels like I have baggage, I'm too traumatized, I'm broken, quote unquote, like I really highly recommend it. And for talk therapy, I recommend anyone in therapy. I recommend anyone who's just like digging into themselves. But I think like if you've been in therapy for years, like I had been and you're just looking for, you know, my, my talk therapist was basically like, you need trauma therapy. Like I cannot help you with this. Like you need someone to go deeper and to really work on this stuff with. So that's what I'm doing. And I feel like I'm becoming braver, like I said. And when I'm really brave 
or than I am now, I feel like I'll be ready to ask someone like you said, for not just the bare minimum, like I'll be ready to believe myself worthy of a like real partner. Yeah. Like that's something that really, I mean, I also will say, I mean, I'm still doing talk therapy and I did EMDR. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue with it. Um, I'm taking a break from it right now, but like, I will say I really focused on like really like you it does emdr doesn't have to be for like a big traumatic like that's what i always thought was like oh well, i don't have like a huge trauma thing to like talk about so i would never do that but i focused on these like little things like a memory where one of my exes said like we'll never get back together like we're sitting on the couch and it's like i went into that or like a memory of like coming home and like crying on my couch because i was like embarrassed it's like going into that small thing has really changed the way I think about myself and about like how I want to live and treat others and be treated. And something that, like you said, like being like brave enough to like ask for what you need, like that is such a core theme looking back. And I don't think of myself this way. Like I never thought of myself as like the type of girlfriend who's always like submissive and like letting other people's things go. But looking back, the amount of moments that happened where I should have because it's interesting because you talked about a story like recently where you like let were leaving that party that I was at where your ex was like talking to this girl I'm like pro that behavior moving forward it's like my most recent relationship thinking about a night where like we were supposed to hang out and then he like invited his friend back to his apartment with us to like hang out more and then that friend invited more and basically then I'm like suddenly at a guy's night on a night that we were supposed to like hang out I am like looking back, I'm going to be like, wait, why are you inviting this person back? You know what I mean? And like walk out of that situation. If they can't understand it, great. We are not on the same page. Instead of like spending the whole night simmering in anger and then going home and crying at like midnight, like waste of time and energy. It's like I really feel like looking back uh, uh, one of many core themes where it's like I could have done something different because it's so much on the one hand, it's, like, easier to blame yourself than to deal with, like, the complexity of, like, how much uh, harm other people are capable of doing to you. On the other hand, it's easier to feel like, oh, well, I just dated an asshole, so, like, I don't really have to look at what I did. And I will say, like, one thing I can change is being okay with stuff that's blatantly not okay that is as small as, oh, actually, my friend's going to come over or, oh, actually, my plans have changed or actually... Like one example I was thinking of is like my one of my exes got upgraded to first class and didn't ask, oh, do you want to take the ticket? Just automatically was like, oh, so I'm going to be sitting in first class and you can be in coach. Right. Bare minimum things like that where it's like I and I actually did say something about that. But like I should have been like, dude, fuck you. Like we're not together anymore. (laughs) Literally in that situation, because it was like the millionth time where something like that happened where it's like this is a very small thing. Like, oh, I didn't get you a birthday card this year. Okay, we need to talk. <laughs> you, you need to do EMDR. You need to go look <laughs> deep within yourself to how you got here in this moment. Yes, that's my mood moving forward. I love this. I think like radical self-love is not radical when you're asking, like you said, for the bare minimum. Yeah. It's not radical to be like, you said that we were going to have a night to ourselves. Do not invite your friend. That's not radical. That's not me being intense. 
you know, which is like what we're so conditioned to avoid being. Right. Like, it's like, wait, why couldn't you just be like the girl that chills with all the guys? Because I don't want to talk about the Beatles or football. I don't like that. So that's why I can't be one of the guys personally. Well, it's also like, oh, you don't think I put my hours in? You don't think I clock in and out on this before? Like, this is the bare minimum of what I can ask for. So I really think that I'm ready to do that because I think in the past I have thought, well, this is a great deal, you know, and I don't want to do that anymore. Agree. I'm really proud of our ins and outs. Me too. I hope we, I hope we, you know, (laughs) stick to them. I really do. I think they're beating New Year's resolutions, even though I have a bunch of those as well. Yeah. In, ins and outs, outs. New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions. Except I am doing New Year's resolutions. And literally, if I stick to these New Year's resolutions, I am going to be a different person next year. But we'll see if that happens. And it's okay if it doesn't. And it's okay if it doesn't. I love you, Devin. All right. Love you, Carol. Friends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 